Hi, I'm Marielle Hemingway. As a mental health advocate and author, I love books. Books have the capacity to inspire, educate, transform, and ultimately help readers all over the world. So if you want to publish your book or if you need help writing your story, I highly recommend Mindstir Media, rated the number one best book publisher around the country. Mindstir Media can help you no matter where you are in the book writing or publishing process. Go to mindstermedia.com to learn more and schedule a consultation. This episode is brought to you by Mindstir Media and the Sunrise segment of the Outcomes of Sun podcast radio. Out Comes the Sun, with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Welcome, everybody, to Out Comes the Sun Radio. I'm here with my co-host, Melissa Yamaguchi. Hello, my friend. Anyway, we are very happy today to have a show, and we're going to talk about something as a little... A little woo-woo-woo. Only, I guess it's not woo-woo at all. It's kind of technology taken to the next level, and it's AI. And we both have very strong opinions about, well, maybe, maybe they're not opinions. They're just strong fears. I have a strong like sense of uh, fear about AI kind of taking over. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. I'm a little bit nervous about what's going to happen. I mean, for me, being in the in the entertainment industry, uh, Justine Bateman had that wonderful article about um, it was in the I think the Hollywood Reporter. Is that correct? Yep, and, uh, yep, and the Variety. Uh-huh. And, and Variety, and she did this op-ed piece about really the the fact that if we don't do something now. In 10 years, it'll be too late. It'll be after somebody's taken your image and taken your voice and your likeness and your acting skills and kind of pasted together an actor, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. that is you, but you never gave approval for it. And it could be you at, you know, me doing Manhattan when I was 16 years old. It could be a remake of that or whatever. I don't know. And I don't know what I don't know. And the, and the truth is, the reason I'm scared is that, not scared, but, we do, but it does make me think we need to do something, is because years ago, and it wasn't that many years ago, in the late 90s, early 2000s, they were saying, you know, like the, the internet was going to take over and, and, you know, people were going to be watching television on their computer. And you thought, no, I'll always go to the movies. No, I, I won't watch. I won't. You know, I, I thought the same thing with cell phones that I wasn't going to be talking on a cell phone. But they were also as big as a, you know, Volkswagen VW at that time. Like a boombox on your head. <laughs> yeah, You know, Stephen Hawking warned us about this, that if we pay too much Credence to AI that it could potentially take over. But, you know, this morning, Apple launched um, a new Vision Pro AR, which is augmented reality. And it's a goggle piece that comes over your, your eyes like a ski, ski goggles. 
And then the, the rib piece that fits around your head is flexible for the different head shapes and all that going on. And the, the actual goggle piece that fits over your eyes is, is somewhat firm, but somewhat malleable. And then as you have the screen, have it on, it's in a, like a dull gray screen. But then if someone enters your room, it, the, the screen opens up so they can see your eyes and they may even be able to see what you're looking at if you make it public. And it's, it's, I want to tell you a little bit about it. Ah, it's a new headset. So it, it has, it's controller free. You are utilizing your hands, gentle movements to make things happen. It has five sensors, 12 cameras, a 4K display for each eye. It has a computer control uh, cooled with a fan built in. And it has external batteries that last for two hours that you can plug out and take with you so you can, you know, have the goggles, can travel. And then Zeiss created custom optical inserts that magnetically attach to the lenses for people who wear glasses. Their whole approach to this was to compete with the meta market, right? That whole metaverse. And this thing is, you know, it was announced today and it's going for a cool 3500 bucks, $3,499. Let me not let me not overstate it here but it's the i i was really i dove into it and i was watching it today uh on my news and i thought on the tech news that i get and i thought wow man this is the reason that ai creates fear the reason that you know my grandmother may have not trusted this phone that didn't have a cord the reason that this all happens is because we use time as measurement and when time when things are moving beyond our comprehension level in time it yeah. creates a fear of unknown we can't understand it that's why you see somebody that you last time you saw maybe there were a four-year-old little boy and then 10 years goes by in the blink of an eye now you're looking at a 14 year old young man and you're you're looking at them thinking where did the time go because your brain can't absorb the flash of time because it's it's so different from your memory of who the child was so or conversely your 30 year old school teacher who's now 80 and you think oh my god you know 50 years has gone by but it, it doesn't resonate with your brain and your memories and by the way the new apple got this new vision set will bring up memories for you so if you log in uh the memory of my grandfather or the memory of christmas when i was seven years old that was my favorite christmas with my family when my parents were married and everything was lovely then this can be playing and so i Look, I understand that's it's your it's your moving uh, photo album, but m my biggest fear when I teach energy is people getting stuck in the past too much. So it's it's, yeah. it's we, there's this really tender walk we have, right? It's moving away from the past, but not getting so far down in the future that we're not here in the present. Mm -hmm. So I, I mean, I just I, it's a lot, Mariel. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot, and that's just and and part of that is okay. Well, what's great is yes, you have to log in your memories, right? You have to, you have to type those in, you have to say, but for me, I have a famous grandfather. I could probably say, you know what I mean? And then, you know, if I said Ernest Hemingway is my grandfather, then Lord only knows what the internet will pick up or what that machine would do. I don't know. It just feels it feels like a bit of a violation and I suppose it's not going to go away. So no. I, it's just it's kind of like how we use technology right do we do we use it all the time or do we do we know do we have limits to it and i mean it's just bizarre we i mean here's a funny thing we actually did this show we actually did this piece of a show about ai and we think that ai took it 
because it, it disappeared. We were recording it. Well, I was looking for Rod Serling in the corner. <laughs> yeah, I've entered the Twilight Zone. Thing. I mean, it just, you know, it's that thing where you're, uh, you know, you're looking for something and all of a sudden it pops on your, you know, it pops up on your phone, ads for it. And you've only spoken that to your partner. So who and what is listening? I mean, we you you were talking to me about Alexa. Remember Alexa? And oh, yeah. And yeah. So so Alexa and ring. So the ring camera, what they found is that the um, they they had they the ubiquitous they they found some some videos of ring people ring clientele's imagery from their bedroom and their bathroom have been found far as far away as uh, Eastern Europe. And so what happened was some disgruntled ex employees sold the videos salacious i'm sure they're not just watching people you know brush their teeth so there's videos as far away so your total privacy is completely violated and that's from the ring i only have mine on the outside of the house so if they're selling a video of me walking in on on the house cursing the fact that i dropped my keys then okay so some guy in yeah some guy in budapest is going look at her she's such an angry woman every time she drops her keys which is quite (laughs) often and but then you've got alexa which is in the house and listen my dad has an Alexa and he loves it. And he feels so Alexa play Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. I mean, he just and he, that's playing while he's making his coffee and he loves it. And his coffee's on auto. And I just said, you're giving up freedom and privacy. And he said, I'm I'm 88 years old in two months. I don't have any privacy If they want to tap into what I'm doing. Let them. So but it's it's an invasion. I, mean, I, I understand how he feels. There's some part of me that thinks I'm so boring anyway. Like, really, does anybody care? But Alexa is a little, it's always been, I've never, I've never jumped on the bandwagon. I have Neither a, did I. especially my older friends, as they like it. It's, yeah. it's convenient. It's very easy. <laughs> I remember, you remember our friend Jack who said, oh, you know, he got one years ago. He yep. got one. He said, you have to get one. He was living next door to me at the time. And he said, you have to get one. It's so amazing. You just, you know, ask her anything, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, so she's listening all the time? All, always listening. Always listening. Like that, and the, like you know, it. It's like the clap on. I, my, I remember my parents saying, getting so mad watching that clap on. Remember, you'd like, turn off the lights and... <laughs> Turn it on. And my dad was like, get your rear end off the couch and hit the light switch. Like, what the heck's going on? Well, fast forward. Because I remember back in the day when you had to remember. We had to get up and change the channel. Oh, yeah. Change. Uh Oh, you're cutting out. Ring and Alexa are at it again. You're cutting out. <laughs> Not kidding. Seriously? Whoa. Yeah. Maybe we take a beat and we only speak on every other breath. So you <laughs> can. You're not yeah. breaking up. I think it's you. <laughs> it ain't me, Mamacita. So, yeah, you know, I think that as we navigate our way through this, we have to be aware and we have to not be so quick to give up all of our freedom. And look, I realize that the cell phone, even when it's turned off, picks up things you say. I realize that there's so that's why there are some thought leaders that will leave their cell phones out of their bedroom and out of their they'll leave it in a basket before they go into private meetings at their company because they don't want the phones in there, even if it's turned off. 
So I get that. But I think as we strive for convenience, we have to understand what we're losing. Because yeah. it's convenient to have a microwave and just zip, zip, zip your food. I don't have microwaves in my home because no, I know what it's safe for you. I don't believe in microwaves, so that'll so be an It's convenient, right? It's a convenience, but is it safe? You're giving up safety. So there's all these, we have to be, we have to fully participate in this life. Right. And when you give your power over to every technology, you're giving away your freedom and your privacy and your ability to make choices. I just right. feel like when you make it too easy for yourself, it just it takes away your ability to strive and get better at things. That's right. I mean, the truth is, you know, I think some of these kids, uh, these kids nowadays, but <laughs> do things that we knew how to do as a kid i mean let alone cursive that's not even taught anymore no it's not and that's bizarre to me it is to me too i think about you know writing it i have a whole course i tell people and i have people journal because when you use your hand the energy comes from your head your heart everything it's an energetic field that when you write longhand there's something that happens well even in it, it, you know? it, in tactile learning, it's yes. it cements it into your brain. So yes. writing it in long form um, helps you remember better. Yeah, helps you to remember and, better. Yeah, it's so. I just think there that you have to look at who you are as an indivi- individual because we're not all you know. We're not all uh, uh, one size fits all, right? No. We're all very different. We learn different ways. For instance, you learn if 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 i write it down for you you'll never forget it i got it i gotta hear it yeah i gotta hear it if i read it i might get it but if i hear it all it resonates for me right you know that about me because you've seen me like do i don't know psas and all that stuff so it's and here's the other thing that and most people actually don't realize this about themselves because we is there is a component of movement that helps you learn. And I think it's why we have such interesting conversations when we're walking in the morning. Oh, yeah. Because there's this the oxygen flowing through the body. And they oh, yeah. listen, you know, listen, audience, when we're on our walks, we are genius. Genius. We're so amazing. My body thinks we are. Anyway, that was an interesting conversation. Hey, don't go away. Don't go away because we have a wonderful guest coming up. And after that, we have an energy tip from my best friend, Melissa Yamaguchi. Good morning, Santa Barbara. You're listening to The Morning Show with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi, that'd be me, right here on KZSB 96.9 FM and 1290 AM in Santa Barbara. Hi, it's Kevin Nealon. I have a new book out now called I Exaggerate My Brushes with Fame. It's a collection of my caricatures and accompanying anecdotes. Also, if that's not enough for you, I have a little hiking show on YouTube. It's a web series. It's called Hiking with Kevin. But more importantly, right now, you're listening and watching Out Comes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Enjoy. 
I'm Mariel Hemingway, and this is my partner, Melissa Yamaguchi, and this is episode Hello. number, oh, can you not hear me? Nine. Oh, I think nine. <laughs> no, it's, it's ten. It's actually ten. This is episode really? ten. Yes, we're so, you know, we're just gaining momentum. I can feel it. But today we have an amazing, amazing guest who, wow, she, her, well, she's a naturopath. She uh, she has a wonderful story, and I'm going to let her tell it. But she went to a college that I have a warm place in my heart for because I did a speaking engagement there once, and it was one of the best talks that I ever gave, not because I was so great, but because the response and their ability to take in information of the kind that I was sharing was so profound. Bastyr University was like amazing. I was super excited. I just wanted to do all their commencement speeches. (laughs) Anyway, so we have Dr. Cassie Huckabee, who is a naturopath, and I'm sure she's many other things that I'm not uh, addressing here. But welcome to our show. Uh, Welcome to the Little Outcomes of the Sun podcast. Thank you. Thanks. Well, I think one of my favorite monikers for you, Dr. Huckabee, is that you are the Marie Kondo of lifestyle, and I'm most intrigued by that. <laughs> That's a huge compliment. Yeah. My closet can only hear that now, right? That's awesome. Um, well, t- talk to us about kind of tell us a little bit about your story and why you got into this. I mean, just so you know, we kind of we focus outcomes of the sun on mental health. But what okay. I love about your your work is that, you know, you, you really speak the same language as Melissa and I. We talk about getting sun, eating properly, drinking water, breathing, you know, grounding, doing all these basic, simple things that really are about, you know, igniting your own body's ability to fight disease and be healthy, right? M- making your body as as wonderfully active as it and 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 profound as it can be and that's kind of what you do but i'd love for you to kind of to make the conversation kind of enlighten people that have mental health issues you know and worry about that if you can but t- tell us your story a little bit like how you got into this absolutely well, and I would say the one thing, like before we even begin the conversation, I think one of the things, um, our language surrounding so many things in health and wellness um, has just been captured in the most disgusting way. So I would say that if you are human, which we all are, then the world of what we call mental health is of utmost importance to all of us. Because even if we can come here and be in this space, like all three of us, we all have different things that we're not bringing to this space that we could put in, you know, the category of mental wellness, illness, whatever you would want to call it, right? The truth of the truth of the truth is we are human beings and we are in a very, very real human experience, which is so dynamic and so far reaching in every possible direction. And so I love that the focus is here because if we were being honest about medicine, we would put this number one, right? Which is why I do what I do, because I found that a lot of what we do in medicine under the guise of helping people is actually imprisoning them, making them see themselves as some sort of a walking pathology 
um, this constant comparison to some fictional version of what a normal human being is and is supposed to be and should be and how they should behave, talk, feel, act, express, experience, and heal. Right. And when I start looking at that and you look at that under, you know, the lens of what we value, massively value on both sides of medicine, traditional, which is allopathic, and even the more natural holistic side, we value what? And all research and studies which our gold standard is randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trials. Why? The double-blind of that is that the doctor or the practitioner and the participant can't know what's going on because their beliefs can alter outcome. So then we're in a field of medicine where we start the patient encounter with altering belief, right? With giving a diagnosis, with calling it something. And the, the purpose for calling it something is not to liberate you, is not to show you the beauty in you, but to show you the flaw, to identify it, to call it something, and then create a tangible something that you must fight against. And when you look at that, we start fragmenting the human being, even in our attempt to help them. And so this was, you know, that's a long introduction to why what you guys are doing is so valuable and why my medicine had to start being truthful before it was naturopathic, right? I have moved away from calling it, you know, naturopathic, holistic, functional, integrative, um, (laughs) because what I have identified is we are human beings. (laughs) The body knows healing. The human mind does, right? The, The human body has the capacity to heal any and everything that you could possibly encounter in this lifetime. The human brain and mind and our capacity to explain why and how it does what it does, we are nowhere close. <laughs> nowhere right. close. Right. We just now discovered the lymphatic system within the brain, right? We said there was no lymph in the brain and now we found the lymphatic system. So, like, that's puzzle pieces that we're still catching up on with the human intellect. The body, however, the intelligence, the capacity that it has is absolutely unbelievable. But we give no, we don't even acknowledge it, right? We'll talk about it in very, you know, motivational ways, but we don't honor it. And we sure as heck, as far as what I've seen in medicine, we do not use it. We do not give the person the capacity to even understand what they're sitting in. (laughs) And so then if you don't understand what you're sitting in, and it has an expression, right, which is what... I call all symptoms healing expressions because we've got to change the way we speak so that we can change the way we understand. Yes. And so when you're having a healing expression and you've been told that anything that is not quote unquote normal is wrong, then your every waking breath moment feeling in life <laughs> is a threat. Yeah. We don't even go into, you know, what the world has called mental illness and all of the terms and all of the names underneath that, which are all (laughs) man-made. And we just look at what would it feel like to be the most powerful thing on the planet, but to be taught to be afraid of the thing that you are, the thing that's saving life, the thing that's keeping you here, the thing that's fighting for you every second of every single day. And so Mm -hmm. this was at the tail end of the learning (laughs) that was my healing journey because I had to start asking better questions to get better answers. And every question I asked started unraveling things because a truth can hold. Anything that's not a truth can't hold. 
And so then when I was just in the position of, I will not give anything, one, that I haven't done, or two, that I don't know is true. It started really, really compressing and making very small the amount of things that I could rely on to utilize to influence and help and support human physiology, a human life and a human being, right? And so the things that you talked about at the very beginning of this, right? The simple things, right? Became the most magnificent things. (laughs) Just like body, even though you're told it is the thing you should fear the most, is the thing you should honor the most, the only thing that you should trust, right? And it's proven itself to you every single day. Every single day, like even if you were just to do like, okay, just give me the statistics. Everybody listening, anyone that ever comes across this conversation, how many days of your life has your body saved you? Perfectly. Yeah. How many, right? Depending on how much chronological time you've had on this planet, (laughs) all of us could say all of it, regardless of the chronological time that has passed. Every single day of our our body has proven itself to us. Yes. Absolutely. How many days of our lives has it sabotaged us and stolen our life? If you're here, if you can hear this, (laughs) right, from what we understand with the universe that we're in right now, none of them, right? And so life and death are two totally, like, two giant conversations, and we're going to stay within the realm of life, right, because that's where we're at. Um, But when you're dealing with this, this is where those truths, those things that you started this conversation with, the simple things, they're the magnificent things. Your body, that's the medicine. Your life is the medicine. Your body is the pharmacy, the pharmaceuticals. It is everything. Absolutely. Can you imagine how much peace we would have in our bodies, in our hearts, in our souls, and in our spirits? just with being a human, <laughs> without even taking any steps further. Um, right. Claiming, so- claiming, claiming that. Let me interrupt you just to kind of ask, a, kind of throw a question in here, because you're talking about the body and the physiology. And, mm-hmm. you know, from from what we understand, you know, our, our not being doctor's understanding of the world, but the microbiome, the heart, the the body the sensations all of it it you know that's that's almost become a bigger brain than the brain the brain kind of does it gets shit done excuse me but it like you know okay i can order this i can do that i can get up at a certain time that's really the job of the brain is really like let's computerization yeah let's get things done but the body is really responding at so many different levels that we're not even, like you said, we're not honoring that, right? And we're also not giving it permission to do what it what it needs to do because we've been told by outside sources, people that are smarter than us, that we think are smarter than us, that, you, you know, like something's wrong. Like you said, we're labeling something wrong. The minute you label something wrong, then the brain gets it in there and gets all messed up about it. Right. Like, oh, sh- there's something wrong, you know, like uh, go into fight or flight, do whatever it does. And the body's like going, no, 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 I've got I've got this. And yet we don't honor it and we don't acknowledge it. So there's there's a lack of sync between the body and the brain, that body brain connection. Would you kind of would that be something that makes sense to you or? Um, 
Yes. Yeah, so I, th- I think I understand what you're saying. And I, I would say some clarification things that I have found just through, because I have the absolute privilege to work with people every single day. Um, so you get to see behind the scenes on this stuff and put different types of language to it. And what I have seen is the body doesn't need our permission, um, but we do get in the way. Right. And the part that's getting in the way is the mind. Right. And the actions we take to satiate and comfort the mind. Right. And the mind is um, is a very, very powerful thing. But if we were utilizing it effectively and appropriately, it would be a tool. Right. It is what keeps us organized. It's what helps us know, you know, where to go and what to do. And it's this massive, massively to say to compare it even to a computer is nowhere even close to doing it justice, right? The magnificence of the capacity that it has. Um, and But what it is really is our stories that we're serving, right? We utilize this beautiful mind to reinforce stories. And it's the stories yeah. that the fear, right? And then that fear usually informs our actions. So it's not that the body needs permission. So I always use just like a, a cut, right? Um, to explain some of these concepts because... At no point does the body say, okay, brain, can I have permission to do what I know how to do? It just starts, right? The second you get cut on your arm, the brilliance is already at work. (laughs) Um, It is absolutely magnificent and perfect in the steps that it takes. It never has to stop to ask you a question. It never has to stop to ask if you took the right supplement, Mm -hmm. ate the right meal, are on the right diet, meditated this morning, if you slept well, it has, it does not need any of that, right? Um, and what it does is perfection in healing. It is the expert in healing. So what can happen is if you don't understand how a cut heals, say you had never seen a scab before. So the scab looks gnarly, but it is the healing, right? Just like all symptoms. And when the symptoms are the healing, even if your judgment of it, that thing is ugly, it's itchy, it's seeming to be the part that's swelling and hot, and let me scrape it off. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when we can interfere with the brilliance of the body. And we do it all the time. And in a society that values information over wisdom and truth, you can interfere on a level unlike we've ever seen before. That's why we're seeing a population that is not well, not well at all. Yeah. Because we are intervening on the level of what we think is knowledge, but most of it is intellectual accumulation that profits industry, that profits business, and that definitely doesn't free the human being. And so when we look at it from this angle, you would have to, just like with the cut, understand that, okay, so scabs don't look (laughs) pretty compared to what we have been told beauty is, right? It's not a pretty response. So if we think that that's bad, we will take an action against it. If right. we think that that's the problem, we will take an action against it. That will impede the natural progression of the healing that would already happen, right? There is nothing in you that has to, um, like I always go to the extreme of things to really, you know, bring these points into your, your psyche, your spirit, your soul, right? A woman does not have to know physics. She doesn't have to know biochemistry. She doesn't have to know biology. She doesn't have to know metaphysics or quantum physics or anything at all to be able to conceive a child. And she does it perfectly. She Mm -hmm. creates a human life without thought, without effort, without, you know, strategy. 
And then in the same breath, we will honor that. But in the same breath, we'll say, but with healing, the body has no idea what it's doing. Or we say, it knows what it's doing up into this level. And anything past this level, it has no idea because we've called it something different. And this is where, with truth, you cannot have an exception. There are no exceptions. So either the body is the most magnificent thing on the planet, and it doesn't require our human intellect to guide it. Do you find that one of the biggest hurdles then that you face with this knowledge that you shared with us, with this mm -hmm. understanding and this truth, right. do you find that the biggest hurdle you face is in the re-education of your patients the minute they come to you? Is that mm -hmm. your biggest challenge before? You, know, you said something about you cut your arm and it begins to heal immediately. I And I was sitting there thinking, yeah, sometimes in spite of ourselves. <laughs> you know, I, I grew up on a farm and I the things that would be slapped on, wounds. Yeah. <laughs> always kind of I marveled at that there's no way I could do it now I mean I yeah. could but I couldn't do it in mixed company without somebody <laughs> asking me what in blue blazes I was putting on my body <laughs> I think that the biggest hurdle we have is because marketing of pharmaceuticals and this kind of a corporate overtake of how we're supposed to be living our lives health in a health fashion whether it's mind body or spirit is so massive and so pervasive that I can only imagine being in your shoes and God bless you for being the one to do it. Cause I'd probably take a stick to everybody if they came in. <laughs> so what, how do you, how do you handle that big hurdle doctor? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I would say that the only reason I can even put words to all of this is because I went through it. Right. Um, my own healing journey of, you know, reversing five pulled by me incurable quote unquote diseases was Go what got me to this point where I can speak with such confidence. And the other thing that I would say is it's not, it's not something that's a paradigm for me. It's not a Cassie thing. It is not a, it is nature, <laughs> life, truth, human. And so it's so easy to defend it. Um, and I will do it with every bit of me because it's not me, right? It's all of us. It is just truth. And so um, the thing that I think that I've experienced now that I've gone through it is one, I have, you know, the capacity, um, and then I've learned grace, right. To a whole new level than I've ever experienced before, um, with understanding the process that is unlearning, um, because it is a very active, interactive, intentional, um, effort. Um, it's, it's a journey all on its own. I, I almost think that the body just does what it does to buy us time to do this other work, right? And when you're dealing with human beings, you have to know that when you pull a paradigm, and this is what I had to learn, you know, even myself, you're, when your foundation, when you realize that it is the weakest thing you could possibly stand on, you are still standing on something. <laughs> And so you have to have the grace and the compassion with yourself to understand what it feels like for a human being to lose their foundation, even if it was a false sense of a foundation. And so we, that is why even the way I do medicine, I go and I spend time with the mind, the human, the emotions, the soul and the spirit that's sitting right in front of me before we try to go at any symptoms, any physical, anything because of exactly what you're touching on here. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't believe in what you're doing, you're better off not doing it, even if right. it's true. And that, that's something that we actually 
nobody will admit that because then that would be like, okay, then you might not be ready to come see me. And so that's a very real reality that we need to be saying. It's, it's not anymore what we want. It's what you're prepared to do. Right. Right. If you want to believe how I believe and how I speak, it's not, you're not ready. Right. If you're willing to hear and listen in a way that's like ravenous for food, ravenous for a new perspective, ravenous to see things in a different way. And at the same time, available for the grief, the loss, the fear, the uncertainty that is losing everything you thought you knew and thought you could trust in. Because when you go at these things, it takes away your your saviors, your false saviors. Mm -hmm. And a false savior is still more comforting to the human intellect, the human mind, the human psyche than a temporary transition time of no savior and, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Yeah. So when you're dealing with a human being, you can't just go at symptoms, right? No. That that would be again missing the whole point. You have to be with the human being. And I think, you know, me having to I grew up on a farm too and I can totally relate to everything you just said. Part <laughs> of that that's why even my practice's name is grit, right? My dad would always say stuff just all the all the time, like when we had to hoe cotton or when we had to do some hard stuff and you know, he'd tell us you have to have grit. And when I got through the healing that I got through, I realized it wasn't a diet. It wasn't a supplement. It wasn't an herb. It wasn't a detox. It wasn't even a routine. It was that thing that was in between every action I took, which the best word I could give it was grit. Like when you're doing this work and grit's a beautiful thing and it is a massively destructive and powerful thing. And you want to honor both and all sides of it. Um, because that's what gets you through because every truth will lead you to another truth. And I, I usually use relationships to explain some of these concepts too. But imagine if you were in, you know, a committed relationship for a decade and you just adored the human. And then, you know, the truth came out that that person was an actual like awful person, maybe even a serial killer. And <laughs> you just could not wrap your mind around it. Like you could right. not you know, live with this person. I would trust them with my life, my children's life. Like I can't, but then when you see, you know, the actual evidence, you know, video footage of something catastrophic, your brain has to do this 180. And when it encounters truth, you can't unsee it. You can't unhear it and you can't unexperience what you just did. And so then the part that requires the grit is to go through the truth that you will mourn the loss of that person, even though you know the truth of because you are you still had a story about that human being mm-hmm. that you're going to grieve you are going to mourn you're going to ache for them you are going to miss them you're going to crave them it's not in to go into this world is exactly that it's to meet truth and look it in the eyes and also have that here we go feeling yeah because i can't let this go go ahead I love this because I oftentimes, and I know Meryl does too, We you hear women, um, especially if they, as they're going through menopause mm-hmm. or if they've gone, if they're, if they're battling, and I'll use that, that verb, cancer or some other mm-hmm. ailment, disease, they feel like their bodies betrayed them. Mm-hmm. Even if it's as, as minor as a cosmetic shift through menopause, like, oh, I've got the weight around my tummy or my, I'm not as energetic as I used to be. My body is not the same. I'm not the same. Mm-hmm. I think being, I love this idea of you have this grid of saying, okay, this is, this is what was, and it doesn't mean that you can't 
carry a lot of the strength and the beauty of what was into what will be. But it's it's being honest about it. It's that whole. You said something earlier. You said um, you said nature, life, truth, human. And I just think that these these components. We you, you walk them through that. This is really powerful. This is a theme that we have on these on our shows consistently. Is the power of us. Is how yeah. incredibly powerful we are, and we we acquiesce, or we just we unknowingly give it up. Oftentimes, I love your approach. This is so great. I wish we had more time. I'm sorry we have such a short show, but um, what I wanted to say is, Bobby, my significant other, talks about like you know a tree doesn't wake up in the morning and you, one of the branches falls off and goes, "That's it, we're fucked." I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm going to kill off all the rest of the branches. But it's true. It's like their healing always happens. And, and, you know, we're in a, we're in a world that it sort of doesn't come from that place. And the fact that you're going at true, true root cause, like the truth of the cause and, and really is just profound. I'm, I'm mesmerized by what you're saying. And, and so, so hope that you'll come back and talk to us again because you're Absolutely. really it's it's stunning and it and it really is a belief system that we haven't gone into this in 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 the same kind of depth that you speak about it but it's it's so it's so resonating that I'm like I feel kind of we want to expose wonderful. more on our yeah, platforms we want to expose more absolutely absolutely you. you're amazing. Yeah, you're amazing, and you're speaking a language that nobody out there is speaking it in 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 this way, which is so beautiful. So thank you for that. Listen, thank y'all so much. Oh, such a pleasure to talk thank to you. Great time. Yeah. Thanks. Thank Good morning, everyone. You are listening to The Morning Show with Marielle Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi right here on KZSB 96.9 FM and 1290 AM in Santa Barbara. And next, Energy with Melissa Yamaguchi. back to Out Comes the Sun with Meryl Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. That's me. Now listen, I've got an energy tip for you today. And one of the number one goals of ours in energy is to slow down the flow of energy, to optimize it, but slow it down. So how do you do that? Literally, you've heard the adage, stop and smell the roses. This is what you want to create in your home. You want to create spaces in your home which slow you down. The stairwell, you can, if you don't have carpet runner on your stairs, then you have, then what you do is you normally place pretty artwork on your stairwell so that you'll literally stop and, and look at it. Art, runners, flowers, things around your house that will slow the flow, in particular in your entryway. This is really vital. A carpet piece in your entryway, a place that will force you to slow down. At our home, we don't wear shoes. So I have a runner at my front door and I have a bench 
And underneath my console, I have baskets for each one of us for our shoes. So we sit down on the bench. We take off our shoes, just like Mr. Rogers. Take off <laughs> our shoes, put them in the baskets. And then we've slowed down. So we're making a, a even right now, we've been doing it our whole time. But we slow everything down long enough to take off the shoes. And now make that transition from outside to inside. And then I also have in the kitchen, I, I've told this before on the show, but it's worth mentioning again, where I, where I cook, I have a little framed quote that says positive thoughts only. So that while I'm cooking, and I see that as I'm grabbing the avocado oil or the pepper or something, then I, it, I see that and it's just a jogger to th slow down and think positively and beautifully while I'm cooking for my family. I have little quotes and things, little things placed around the house throughout. I have art pieces, pictures of my family, even in such benign places at the laundry room to force me to slow down and stop and see my baby's pictures or just appreciate the time. So energy as it flows. So the energy radiates on surface of the earth and it flows out to our solar system and which in turn, the energy from the solar system flows back to earth. Our job is to in feng shui is to navigate between that space and to understand how that energy flows. When you have learned how to optimize it with your the design of your home, with choices that you make, with your thoughts, your words, your your food you're eating, the water you're drinking, the movement you're making, the way you're sleeping, cleaning your house, whatever it is, when you've done that, then you have then begun the flow of energy. And I'm asking you to slow it down, when, especially in the entrance of your home, so that you can transition from work to outside to inside. And that's my tip for the day. Now, please don't go anywhere. Come right back. And Mariel Hemingway is going to be giving you a health advice. Now, where else are you going to hear that? Mariel Hemingway giving you a health advice. Come on back. Hello, wonderful humans out there. I am Roy Zatiski from MyWildlife.com, and you are listening to Out Comes the Sun with Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Hey, everyone. You're listening to The Morning Show with Mariel Hemingway, me, and Melissa Yamaguchi. That'd be me. <laughs> right here on KZSB 96.9 FM and 1290 AM in Santa Barbara. And now, Mariel Hemingway with Balance. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for that little intro into my uh, balance. Of, well, you know, you know that I'm going to have to talk about something slow, 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 because you were talking about slow and it's so important. I think that we live in a incredibly fast world these days and slowing down is is such an important thing. And what does it mean to slow down like in your in your daily rituals? Slowing them down means that you become present with them. Sometimes it takes us to slow an action down, whether it's making tea in the morning, brushing your teeth, washing the dishes afterwards, doing things in a manner which allows you to be observant of every moment of it. 
So slow. I love that you brought up slowness in feng shui and how the energy, how you have to slow that energy down coming in the house. I was like, while you were saying that, I was looking at my front door thinking, I have a bench. I have a little cubbies for my shoes now. And it, there is something about that. And what I think about when I take my shoes off, when I make coffee, when I make tea, is that I try to make those things very special. And, and the reason why I do that is because when you make mundane things in your life very special, kind of like you're paying attention to the way the water feels if you're washing the dishes, if the, the soap, the smell of the soap, or when you're making tea, I, I make a particular tea that I love and I, you see me drinking it. If you're watching this show at all, you see me drinking it as jasmine pearls. And when I take them out of the I put them in a glass container and I and I put them on the bottom of my of my teapot, the smell comes up from the dry leaves. Then when you put hot water on them. The smell changes from this kind of dry jasmine smell to a more it it almost smells more liquidy. It's just it's interesting. But the more you slow those mundane little tasks down, the more aware you become of how everything has a, a sensual feeling to it, an emotional, maybe even an emotional attachment. But when you can pay attention in that way, that's how you learn how to be present, because I'm sure that everyone out there has heard about, you know, you go to yoga, be present. And, and part of you is like, what the hell does that mean? You know, it's hard to understand what that means. But being present is really just being here right now. Like, for instance, right now, you're listening to me give an energy tip. You're driving your car, whatever you're doing, you're, you know, you're in the office, whatever you're doing in this moment is the only thing that you're really doing. It's the only thing that exists. That's what being present is about, because in a present moment, there's no problem, whether or not you have a disease or this or something going on in your home in the present moment is only that. So what you're doing in that moment actually matters. So slow you know, slow the process of your of your mundane rituals down and find a passion and a creativity and a curiosity about them because you will discover things about not only about the the thing that you're doing about yourself. So that's my tip. That's my tip. I love that. And as you were talking, I came up with a name for our new band. What is it? Liquid Jasmine. <laughs> I love. <laughs> I can oh see God. it now, Mariel. Lick Jasmine. <laughs> well, I know that you and I can will sing. I don't know if we can sing, but we will sing, and that's just the way it'll be. And I've sang at weddings before. I'm not too bad. Not too shabby. Oh no, you're not. Actually, you can pull up the right tune. Sometimes in my mind, I hear the tune. And then it starts coming out of my mouth. And it's not like I'm off tune, but I don't have the right tune. Anyway, listen, my mom, is, my mom writes music. <laughs> my mom writes music. And she wrote a song one time. And it's, a, it's in the country vein. So we went to a studio and she asked, the guy said, can you sing it? And my mom 
God love her. She couldn't, <laughs> she couldn't carry it in a bucket. She can't carry it with, with steel gloves. She can't carry a tune. So he said, Melissa, will you sing? So I began, I, my mom began, as I began to sing the song, my mom's over my shoulder because it's her song. And she's getting right in there with me. And as she's doing it, you can hear me. You can tell. I don't know what happened. I, I became an erroneous crooner. I don't know. What, and the man finally said, Trisha, would you please not sing so that Melissa doesn't lose her tune? And I thought, oh, I didn't even realize that I was falling off that far. Well, the tune either. And the only time she sang was at church on Easter and Christmas. And she sang so loud and everybody in the family would just be mortified because it was horrible. And we'd look over at her and she'd go, what? <laughs> as though this was her time. This was her time to sing. And God bless her. She did. And I love my mom. So <laughs> anyway, thank you, everyone, for listening today. Uh, we are always happy to have you as an audience. We can't wait to see you again. So hang in there. Come back to Outcomes the Sun. And, you know, once in a while, you may want to check out the MarielHemingwayFoundation.org just in case you want to help us with uh, donating to our resource navigator, our desire to become a resource navigator so that anybody anywhere in this country can plug in and find out what works for them when it comes to mental health. And uh, we'll probably do a show on that so you can get very clear on what we mean by that. But thank you all so much for listening. And uh, that's it. We wrap it up. Mary Melissa and Marielle, we're gone. See ya. Peace out. Choose healthy. Choose you. Out comes the sun. Please go to MarielHemingwayFoundation.org. Help us create a resource navigator for people with mental health issues. We're coming up with solutions. Out Comes the Sun has been a production of Evolve Entertainment. Hosts, Mariel Hemingway and Melissa Yamaguchi. Executive producer, Jeremiah Higgins. Sound engineer and producer, Richard Dr. D. Dugan. And sound engineer, Slater Smith. Thank you for listening. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.